0: Log Talk Radio All right This one goes out to all the and than animals You know what I'm saying? You're going to express my feelings right about now on the web
1: For hours at a time But uh, since i got a podcast I can't <laughs> i got to stick to a few seconds But anyway Thank you for tuning in to the podcast It's Scott Burks bringing y'all The Clown Hour It's a podcast component of my sports squad The Clown Times And by the way That's the clown spell of K, You can find it on the web At www.theclowntimes.net And You can find us on Facebook as well let do a search for The Clown Times Whether you're on your Smartphone, your laptop, your desktop, there's always a search window in the upper right, left-hand corner, excuse me. Just type in the times again, it's College Football Vacay, okay, you there as well. A lot to get into uh, this week, uh, you, know, you know, college basketball kicked off officially last night, and uh, even though I hadn't <laughs> gone around to write up a preview yet for the blog, I gave my thoughts tonight, as well as getting into the second week of the college football playoff rankings, nothing much, Change at the top there. Well, a little change, but nothing that's not that wasn't expected, as well as the NFL talk. And there's Bryant finally got a job. He finally got a damn job. Beat your heart out, Tommy, for Martin. But anyway, any rate, uh, to help me break this down is my homie. Y'all know him from the yard. That's HBCU Sports, where he wraps are old things, HBCU Sports, as well as Leezy Radio. It's my man, Dwayne Nash. What's up, D?
2: Scott with the bill, baby.
1: Yo, what, what the deal with the deal with the deal? Yo, man, I don't know about you, but um, I watched that Duke game last night in the midst of all this election coverage. Which I told myself we're going to stay up to watch. Which I told myself was going to get too much to invested, in. even though I did vote. I exercised my civic duty and voted. Hope everybody else did too. But at any rate, well, of course. How how. I, watching that Duke-Kentucky game My mouth, my the bottom jaw dropped, And they dropped lower and lower And lower throughout the game Those Dukes are Scary man, I never thought I'd see a Duke team Let's put it this way, all those freshmen That they have on the team And a few sophomores mm-hmm. sprinkled in I mean they had nobody from last year No one At least no one who played any significant time And mm-hmm. I'm not going to put them ahead of the Fab Five from Michigan back in our day. But who in the hell could beat Duke this year? I don't think anyone can. I mean, I don't think any, there's any threat. I know it's one game. I know I'm not pro, trying not to be prone to hyperbole. But who But who's beating this Duke team? Zion, Zion Williamson? I mean, well, mm-hmm. um, a Reddish.
2: Barrett, I mean. Uh, Barrett, Jones, uh, in, uh, and Cam Reddish. Yes, sir. How? Who's beating this
1: team?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what?
1: who? I mean, I, I don't think anyone. They, these cats are unbeatable, and they're mostly freshmen. They're mostly freshmen.
2: Yes. That's the scary part. And, you know, this reminds me of in, in recent years, I know you don't want to go fast huh. 5 but I will go that last Kentucky team um, that was what was 2012. Yeah. I think that was mm-hmm. the the, the, the that recent Kentucky team that went undefeated in the regular season, but got eliminated, of course, in the, in the NCAA tournament. Now I understand this yeah. is only one game, and, and mind mm-hmm. you, it looked like an AAU game because of how high the score. Now I didn't get a chance to watch all of the game. I listened to it. On the radio when I was on my way to do uh, sleazy sports last night with with Sweet Lou, and mm. first and foremost, when he picked me up, we were shocked at the at the current score because of uh, the fact that I think Kentucky was already down by twenty at this point in the first half, and, and we yeah. were just furgasted by by that fact. Got back in on our way um, after leaving, and noticed that, um, yeah, they were were now up 30 at this point. And it was looking as if potentially both teams could get or score over 90 points for the both of them, even though Kentucky didn't actually make it. They still got close, which would have been insane because I don't remember a time where both teams in college basketball scored over 90 points. I don't. It's, it's, uh, somebody will probably Fact check it And say d year Happened last year Between so and so and, and, and so forth But hey mm-hmm. It's worth on you For finding out that fact Because I can't remember But Like you said I think
0: This I, freshman team I think team a loyal memory
1: Back in our day In the 80s In the early 90s yes. I think With Kimbo Fisher With with, Kim, with Kim, what, was his, what was his name? Like, um, no, it was Jim Kim, uh, Kimble. Kim it was it was Hank Gathers.
2: Picture. Hank Gathers and 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 and, and Bo Kimble.
1: Bo Kimble, that's why Kimble Fisher. Bo, Bo Kimble, well, I was thinking Jimbo Fisher. Bo Bo Kimble, right. They they all show over a hundred points. I think some of the opponents, due to the fact that they were allergic to defense. I think that yeah. <laughs> they were over a hundred
2: as well. But, yeah, this was insane to see this happen. But, like you said, with a bunch of rookies and the way that they looked, I don't want to stand for just yet. But I have a strange feeling, like I said before, that this is going to look like that Kentucky team. And people are going to watch, one, just to see the spectacle and to see if it continues mm-hmm. the entire year. And two, especially with it being Duke, to see who is capable of beating this team. It's going to be very interesting. And once I get fully in trips, excuse me, in, in uh, college basketball, I'm going to sit back yeah, and man. I'm going to watch this show because it's going to be interesting. And the fact that it's happening with Coach K, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, he, he took it to avoid the one and done up until he couldn't do it no more in 2000. Well, actually, that first mm-hmm. one wasn't my choice, it just happened to be that Elton Brand left. But. After that, he was like, "Dude, I, I'm I'm going to do it." And now, he has three of the the, the, the top three uh, freshmen in the nation right now. Uh, with his coaching ability, it, it kind of
0: looked, yeah. I, I
2: felt bad for Calipari last night, looking at him on the sideline, like, "Dude, that used to be me."
0: Yeah. It, it, it was <laughs> like
2: watching, it was like watching the wire. If, if you want to go there, it was like watching the wire. When, when uh, Bucs, though, saw Morrow starting to come up and, and, and do his thing. it was like, mm. dude, that used to be me. And, and,
0: and, and it was like he <laughs> didn't know what to do. Good it's comparison. odd because
2: people, you know, people were, were saying before the game started that they, they would believe that Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, and possibly Gonzaga, one team who was actually left out of conversation, but they had a huge game last night themselves, they were saying yeah. that, that might be the final 4 as of right now, but we all know there's always going to be a surprise. We just don't know what that surprise right. is going to be. But still, as of right now, those are like the top four teams with Kentucky being on the outside looking in. It's going to be, like I said mm-hmm. before, very interesting to see if these teams, these five teams, can hold up to the pressure, make it to the end of the season and how they start to look come tournament time.
1: It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, what is it about the basketball guys that's blessed us with very interesting storylines? First, you have the NBA, right, with all this player mm-hmm. movement. Of course, LeBron going to LA, and the East being wide ass open, and highly competitive at the top. It was really a three to fourteen race in the East. But then you go over to the NCAA, to college, men's college basketball. You have the, the minimum boys. The, mm-hmm. the big four, if you will, playing last night: Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, Kansas. And mm-hmm. props to Kansas too; they they balled out as well last night. And Michigan State they had a yeah. very effort and in, in, in the in, in the combat bid. Uh, so they'll be a team to record with as well. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: to see teams like Duke and, and and you know Gonzaga made it look very easy. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just scary. It's very, very scary. And I'm going to focus on Duke for a minute. Duke plays, let's not forget, in the most competitive conference in, basketball, uh, in all basketball. There are uh-huh. seven teams ranked in the ACC in both the AP and the coaches poll. All seven played last night. All seven won convincingly. Mm-hmm. This is going to be one hell of a conference, to, regular season of conference to watch. Duke, that Duke squad, first of all, to go with a seasoned UNC squad, a team full of veterans and some new players. Mm-hmm. Can Clemson, also very veteran. Virginia is always, almost always very veteran.
0: Mm-hmm. Florida
1: State looked very good last night. And Syracuse, Look really good last night. Of course, this mm-hmm. is against for well, Syracuse part against the fair competition. But the point is, is that you have a mix of the the, the Fab Five 2.0, if you will, those young guns at Duke, because all those OGs in the conference in UNC and Virginia Namble, as well as you know Syracuse and Clemson, the Florida State, bring it back very experienced squads who had deep tournament runs last year, last season. This is going to be one – this is probably going to be the most exciting conference, and that's saying something because we're talking about the ACC and basketball,
0: right? Yeah. As if they
1: don't have exciting exciting basketball season. But, man, I'm pulling – I'm getting some popcorn. Every ACC <laughs> game, conference game, is going to be – with those seven teams including and and that's not including NC State and Louisville, which I think both those teams will be better this year. So that's not. Mm-hmm. And 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 also, I'm sorry, Miami, who's always well coached, as well as Notre Dame's yes. always well coached. That's ten. Yes, sir. That's that's no, yes. that's that that's actually eleven. Eleven. 11. So you uh-huh. got eleven highly competitive teams, talented, competitive, well coached teams in one conference. This is going to be so fucking exciting. I'm sorry. I don't know. I mean, no disrespect to the Southeastern Conference. They're going to have a hell of a conference, too. I'll get to them in a moment. But the ACC is going to be must-see TV all freaking year.
0: Yes.
2: And like you said, to see how this young Duke team will face up against a defensive-minded Uh, 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 Bennett and Virginia and Leonard and um, Florida State to see how they're going to face against against the well-rounded Roy Williams in UNC, especially with the fact that that rivalry already exists. It it, it could be uh, uh, a bunch of 85-year-old men, but if they get on Duke and Carolina uniforms, you know it's going to be... uh, Somehow or it's going to turn into a very competitive game. I don't care. But that Additive in there, uh, uh, man. like this. I was just yeah, down in Durham on, on Friday of last week. Stopped by a barbershop. and mm-hmm. inside the barber shop, oddly enough, they had a Carolina banner up. But being that it's Durham, they talking Duke basketball, and they seemed highly excited about what this year is going to hold. This was before the game yesterday. So I can only imagine mm-hmm. how hyped they are in that city right now. Once January come around, get ready. Like you said, yeah. get your popcorn ready because from January to March, it's going to be a race, and it's going to be a sprint. And they go, it, 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 yeah. it, it's going to be a long sprint. You know, I, I know I like the the you had to say it's a marathon, Nah, it's about to be a long sprint because all of these all of these talented teams that they got available in this conference, everybody's gonna be jockeying for position every night, and it's gonna be a test every night. I feel bad for the likes of Danny Manning down at Wake Forest. You know, what I'm saying you yeah. notice how you didn't even name him. Uh, the likes of, of Virginia Tech and, and 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 who else didn't you name in BC and and and. Who else is it? It's someone else that we're forgetting in the Big East. Either way, we've forgotten about them because we are talking about all of the other talent that's in that conference and the stuff that they're going to have to deal with all season long. But it's going yeah. to be interesting because what is the most ever in terms of teams from one particular conference making it into the tournament? Is it seven or eight?
1: I think the Big East set a record back when we were in college. When uh, mm-hmm. they had, I think they 11, eleven, ten or eleven to the to, to the tournament.
0: Ooh,
2: it's gonna be tough for them to send eleven. But we talked. We just said they got eleven good teams, and they're gonna need at least yeah. eleven of those teams to be nine and seven. It'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: Yeah, I, I think I, I think in the ACC, as long as the committee will take them, as long. As they win at least nine conference games,
0: maybe mm-hmm.
1: eight, depending on the circumstance. But I think that in the committee's eyes, the HCC is one of the most elite, one of, if not the most elite college basketball conference. And if, if, if you're a team on the bubble and you have nine conference wins, they'll give you a long look and consideration. I think that mm-hmm. that would bode well for them. Because let's face it, even though that conference is deep, Duke gets a clear cut favorite of that talent. The way they did Kentucky last night. Holy moly. Even had um, your boy uh um uh Jay uh Jay uh Billis just flashcasted, uh-huh. speechless almost. And that's hard for him. <laughs> let's put it out let put it. Especially that, when that, the potato is Yeah, exactly. I mean that's that's the thing. And Duke, and, uh, I'll call him Dukey Vitale. Dick Vitale just, like, he can't even be, couldn't even be so spastic because he was his breath was taken away most of the game with the play. And I'm not a Duke fan. I'm sounding like a Duke fan. I'm really not a Duke fan. You know I'm not a Duke fan. But I not at all. Say, I know that. But yeah, exactly. I mean, I got to say this, man. Zion Williamson, he's six foot 6'8". Mm-hmm. Who's seventy five and can move like that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> can pass like that, can shoot like that. And he's not even the best player on the team. Talent wise. No. It's 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 the other kid. Um not Bar- uh uh it's, Barrett, I think. I think Barrett is the best it's your Barrett, yeah. That team, that's
2: the Red. one that everyone is is was saying that when he comes out at the end of the year he'll be the number one overall pick.
1: Yeah, that's him. And Zion Williamson that's just not unfair. I mean that's not even fair. Coach K he made a deal with the devil, so to speak, but that's that's not even fair. But this one thing I want to get to right quick, and this is gonna be a short kind of preview because I think even with the intriguing storylines with Duke and everything, I think this I, I think the parody while it's not that while is not non existent so to speak it's still a clear-cut for teams and everybody else. I mean, I still think that Duke will be there in the end. I think Kentucky mm-hmm. will be there in the end. I think Kansas will be there in the end. And I think Gonzaga will probably be. It'll be Gonzaga or Villanova will be there in the end. And,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, I, you know, since we brought up the Big East earlier, if there anyone's going to challenge Villanova in the Big East, I don't see anyone challenging.
2: I think mm-hmm. like the area's
1: rebuilding – and mm-hmm. it's gonna be. I think Bill Villanova's gonna to moonwalk to the conference title, man. I, I don't see anybody challenging. Them. I really
2: don't. It'll be interesting to see who does. Um, I, I really haven't gotten, like I said before, that deep into what's going on as as the, the uh, you know for all of the conferences. I've just been looking at the top mm-hmm. guys and, and seeing who's been doing what, well, especially as of last night. But um, yeah, it'll be intriguing to see what happens, like I said before, especially come January, um, everybody will will, – I'm I'm loving the way that the NCAA is starting to do uh, with their regular season. They're starting to follow in the same path as football now where they try to get these quality games early on. And then, of course, you know, they'll get their money games out of the way real quick before they go ahead and and, and dive into uh, the, the conference play in January. But um, right? Yeah, I I I I want to see how some of these teams navigate through some of these money games. Some of these teams are going to have some difficult money games, if you will. And one school in particular, of course, the one that I'm I'm keeping my eye on heavily because of who they are, yep. is Mike Davis and and Texas Southern out of the swag. They already got in. Them over Baylor last night. They got yeah. Gonzaga coming yeah. up on Saturday. I don't think that they're gonna beat Gonzaga. I just wanna see exactly how they look matched up. So a lot of like you said, the, the parody. It's gonna be a huge pool of teams coming out of uh uh say the WAC and in and, and out of the American conference and, and and the there's teams coming out of these smaller conferences, or these mid-majors, if you will, that will compete with some of these lower-tier majors and may even potentially upset some of these upper tiers. The only ones I don't see them upsetting necessarily, they're going to have to have a real bad shooting night. But the way these guys are looking right now, it's like their athleticism is, is making up. Potentially, because we haven't seen yep. it yet. Potentially for their bad shooting, they're 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 doing what they're supposed to do. If you're going to be a bad shooter, which is take the ball to the hole, go ahead at least get you an easy bucket or go through the free throw line. But some of these guys can right. shoot too, so it'll be.
0: I'm
2: just I'm just uber excited to see what happens. Now, I'm 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 hype. I'm 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 it. I'm 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 mad. Because football season ain't over yet. I'm not supposed to be getting this hype for college basketball <laughs> this early. I'm, I'm right. still – the kind of football season is still exciting to me right now. It's, it's, I'm standing on pins and needles trying to figure out how that's going to end. But now mm. it's getting good over here. I, I, I need them to calm down, man. It's, it's too much for my ADD. <laughs> ADD,
1: you silly. Uh, <laughs> well, one more thing about Texas Southern, man. How mm-hmm. how cool is that how cool is that to not only be the D one team on the road and state at that, but get paid in the mm-hmm. process. You know, they oh. you know they got paid. you know, to get paid and then get the win, they had a cause of office to celebrate for that's cool really cool to see, wasn't it?
2: Oh, always. It's always cool. it, it when it happens on the football or on the basketball level, it's always cool yeah. to see that happen. I enjoy it. To quote uh, North Carolina a football head coach Sam, uh, William, uh, Sam Washington, I'm about to call him Sam Williamson, look at me. Sam Washington, yep. after they beat ECU, bring me my yep. money. It's fun to see that happen. <laughs> I don't care what team it is, when I mean, it's a, a, a mid-major and they go out, especially on the road and in a money game, and they, they beat one of these uh, majors, it's always great. Wow!
1: Wow! That's just amazing. So I gotta keep my. So he's always a, it's always the, would say FCS. There's always a small school, from a small mm-hmm. conference, that makes a little bit of noise. we we'll have been used to seeing North Carolina such a do it, so, do it for so many years, and yeah. how the head coach does not have a. The, the, I mean, I'm sure he's gotten offers. The coach. Oh, he's gotten has, offers. Yeah, I'm sure he has, but he's just happy, and God bless him for being happy with staying where he's at. He's doing a good thing at, at Central, hard for us at guess mm-hmm. to admit, but God, God speak the truth. But it's always good to see that story every single year, and it's happening at Texas Southern, and good for Mike Davis. He's been through a hell of a lot yes. from his Indiana days, and mm-hmm. good for him. Good for him. Well, I'll say this one couple of last things to close this college basketball segment. Um, I think we pretty much laid out what so we thought we think were going to be there in the end. But do you – I know we're not going to go to – this is a very high-level preview, but just off the top of the head, do you see, like, any dark horse – like, for example, we already covered the ACC a little bit. That's a above our use. But I see in mm-hmm. the SEC where the likes of Tennessee and Auburn, could give like Kentucky some headaches and make life a little bit of hell for them. Even though mm-hmm. I think Kentucky is still the class of that conference, and you know, it, it, you know, I, I I don't see too many schemes from the from the Big Twelve challenging Kansas. I don't see too many people challenging Gonzaga in their neck of the woods. And the Pac twelve, mm-hmm. no one gives a damn about them, so it won't get rich in them. <laughs> and you know, the Big East, I mean, is run over everybody else. Is there a a dark horse out there just off the top of head that could maybe throw a wrench into the status quo?
2: Off the top of my head, I really can't think of anybody right now. Um, I'm going to have to start watching to see exactly who's uh, doing what. And like you said, like I said earlier, especially with these out-of-conference games, I want to see how these these mid-majors do against other mid-majors to see which one would be kind of that higher tier mid major, and, and yep. somebody you may want to watch come March, you know, because it's always a surprise. It's someone that's great offensively, someone that that has all types of balance in, in terms of uh, veteran leaders, leadership on that team or veteran presence, where you have a team that is completely grown together and they have chock full of seniors. There's always that kind of team that exists, so I want to see which which ones of those teams start to stand out a little bit more, and, and come bracket time, you may think, "Hey, I need to watch out for these guys." They may end up surprising somebody and and and, and making a run deep into the tournament. Mm-hmm. And
1: that's I agree with you. We're sharing the brain there. It's, again, it's way too damn early. But it seems like the two conferences that could be the most competitive are the SEC and the ACC. And you know, I mm-hmm. even then there was a hell of great teams in the ACC. But I don't. Again, I don't. I don't see too many teams battling who I think would be the stats, the Big Four of Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, and maybe uh, Gonzaga. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I just don't see it. But one last quick shout-out. I just pop, it, pop, it popped in my head. Nevada is number seven in the nation, and they did well last night. And that's the same Nevada squad that came from 22 points down to beat the University of Cincinnati in the second round of the tournament, only to lose to uh, Loyola and Chicago in the, in, the, in the Elite Eight, if, not, if I'm not mistaken. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it's, it's not every day where you see more than one. Like mid-major school in the in the preseason top ten, especially I mean Gonzaga's one thing, but and we can't really call Gonzaga a mid-major anymore. But the, the uh, more no. But, but Nevada saw sort them of ranked so high because they got had everyone coming back from from that tournament team last year.
2: They're gonna be interesting to watch be a lot Real fun.
1: Moving on to the NFL. Exactly.
0: I
2: want to see how they hold up. I want to see how they hold up under that's going to be pressure to come in at number yes, seven, yes, and to try to attempt to stay in the top ten throughout the entire mm-hmm. year, which is almost—I'm uh, not going to say it's almost impossible, but it is. It is. Even if you're a blue blood, it's, it's 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 pretty hard because everybody's coming at you on a night-to-night basis, right? And and, and, and it's like. To, to, to be Nevada at number seven is, is, like you said, is a huge accomplishment. So uh, I I was shocked that, that that was even the case. I didn't even realize that they were right number seven. Um, But I knew that they that had oh, a big really? run last year. You know, so it, it, it'll be intriguing to see what they do, you know, and, and and whether or not they can at least, if not the top 10, at least the top 15 and where they end up seated and how high or low they end up being seated come tournament time.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I know we, I, I want to get to the NFL, but I had to keep thinking stuff. Do they have this? ESPN still have the, um, the bracket buster weekend in in February? I'm curious. Or is it late January? Where they Or the best mid-majors, they play each other?
0: I, I have, I have no try. idea. I'm not sure. But, uh, I, I don't I, know. I, but, I, but I
2: I haven't looked at the schedule for fully yet, so I'm going to check it out to see if it does exist. There's a possibility that they still do it. And it's probably in January.
1: I hope they do. Yeah, I hope they do because that's always good T.G. Um, finally yeah. moved to the NSL. <laughs> People are like, we wanna to get to the NFL. Um, let's throw the good, the bad and the ugly. Okay. The good. The New Orleans Saints. hmm They beat the Rams at their own game. I was scoring them. By a lot. Well, not by a lot, but scoring them. And the week before, they beat the Vikings at their own game, playing a, an ugly defensive minus game that they kept their that they kept their heads scored off of a pick six, if I'm not mistaken, that game in prime time. So in other words, they're doing it all sorts of ways, and they mm-hmm. won seven straight games to set seven one on top of the NFC. But is it? But can we agree that the Saints are like the best team in, in, in the NFL? Can we agree on that? Because I think they are. I think they're better than Kansas City.
2: I I have them right uh, as the number one team in in, in the league right now. And matter of fact, I have Kansas City third behind the Rams. Um, actually, no, I have Kansas City fourth behind the Rams and the Ooh. Patriots. The Patriots are on a six-game uh, run as of right now, and it's looking like uh oh. I don't know why people always do it. It happens every year. The New England struggles in their first four, and people always question, oh, Lord, what's going on with the Patriots? Oh, my God, are they imploding before our eyes? And then, next you know, end up winning uh, uh, 12 out of the next 14. Or, I'm sorry, 12 out of the, well, in, 10 out of the next 12. They end up going 12 and 4. So, it happens every year. I I I'm waiting for the day that people stop getting fooled by that. You know, the banana the, in the tailpipe just keeps getting them every year, and it looks like it's <laughs> gonna happen again with Miami. They started out strong. Miami started out very strong, but now no Ryan Tannehill, the possibility he comes Definitely back gold, yeah. within the next couple of weeks. They've also lost um, a couple of receivers. Uh, Rashad Jones pulled himself out of a game this past weekend, so. Miami is starting to falter now. The Jets are the Jets, and the Bills are the Bills. So, of course, we already know who's going to win that division. It's just a a matter of fact of, you know, how good they're going to look compared against other teams within the conference. But to to go back to your original question, the Saints, they're starting to to, to look like they're going to dominate that division. Um, As good as the Panthers have looked in spots, um, I, I've still seen them at their and their worst, so I I, I mm. know what can happen to them, but they're still six and two, and they're still going to compete for a playoff spot. Um, Atlanta, man, they Molly rocked my skins this past weekend. I'm just glad I wasn't uh, <laughs> they able did. to watch that game because <laughs> God knows but, uh, I probably would have had a hissy fit. Excuse me, and Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay. But I'm still afraid to say that because they played my skills this weekend and the skills are very anemic. But if they're anemic offensively. They're going to need that defense to, yeah. uh, to to help lead that team. But it looks like it's the Saints. with well, The South is the Saints' division to lose right now. You know, so yeah. if, if they go ahead and, and win their division, they're going to need a certain amount of wins in order to stay ahead of Carolina. Thankfully, for them, Carolina is in that division to push them. The Rams don't necessarily have anybody in their division to push them. Seattle is competitive, but I don't know if they're going to compete for a, a, a title. I, I, I think the, the Rams, truthfully, are pushing themselves to, 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 to a certain standard. But with that loss that they already have right now to the Saints, they're going to have to hope that someone within the division can steal one or maybe two so that they can get the number one seed in the NFC. But as of right now, like I said before, it's the, it's the Saints to lose.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that. I The Saints, they do this every year. Start a little slow and then get hot and just, just keep going. Just keep, keep it going. They did it last year. They're doing it this year. Seven-game winning streak. Seven-game yes. winning streak. And the thing is, it gets – I mean, they have a hard-ass schedule. They go to Cincinnati this weekend. Well, come to Cincinnati because mm-hmm. I live in Cincinnati. And it should be a cold-weather, really cold-weather game here. It's going to be in the 30s. Um, so, it's interesting to see how they react there. But they, mm-hmm. if I, well, they get Carolina two of the last three weeks of the season, which is the ultimate schedule quirk. I think they mm-hmm. get the, um, I think they get the uh, Eagles sometime this season as well. So they do. It's not like they'll be battle. They won't be battle tested. Um, but I'll tell you what, man. New Orleans—they're the one of the teams that they. That it's not that they'll—they're bad away from home, but man, that home field advantage, man. If they get home field, it's over. It's it's over in the NFC. I, I, that I mean the Superdome. From past experience, being inside the Superdome. It's a big place. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than – it's really big. It's bigger than one would think. And it gets loud and crazy, especially in playoff time. It is going to be – again, if the Saints get on field, it's, it's, it's a wrap.
2: It's going to be a, a tough wrap. place to play. I really do think that. It's going to be a tough place to play. And it's going to be very difficult for the likes of – well, actually, no. I think the Rams going on the road <laughs> – it might be better for them to go on the road than it would be to, to, to stay in the Coliseum.
0: <laughs> yeah, oddly
2: enough, you know, I, I always try to try to the whole talk of of uh, 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 commuter cities like DC, where you have huge fan bases of other teams in that city. LA is going through it too, and my God, the last couple of games I've watched the Rams play at home. To hear, that, to hear that stadium cheer for the opposing team is insane. And, and, and so, yeah, mm. it might be better for the Rams to go on the road and, and, and play. So as as much as it would be an advantage for the the Saints to play at the Superdome, if the Rams got to go out there, it might be more beneficial for them to go on the road than it would be to play them at home.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, it's the
0: ultimate I know for the finish
1: Um, but hey Good story for being in LA anyway uh, but, yeah, but I mean if, if, you think, if you think they're bad Check out the Chargers home game at right? a damn soccer store. Uh-huh. For those uh-huh. who didn't even give a damn to go It's, it's just uh-huh. man, They should have kept their asses in San Diego I always say that They uh, <laughs> should have kept their asses in San Diego Um, which is why I still call them San Diego Chargers Um but so I guess we can lump in the Rams and the, the Chargers so to speak with the good, you know. They're they're playing well, but I think it's the Saints world and everyone else is living in it. But the bad slash ugly, this is the first time combined both the bad and the ugly, is what those damn wow. cowboys. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. They play I love it. So horrible coming off of a bye. You wouldn't think they were coming off a it. bye week. You you think they're like no late in the season, nothing to play for. What the hell was that effort against the Titans, man? I mean, I seriously, I love it. I love it too. You, you know what? I love it too. I mean,
2: <laughs> but still, you know, I didn't I didn't get a chance to watch it all. I actually was watching the game cast on on um, a network that, uh, that I refuse to name right now, but everybody knows what network I'm talking about. I'm looking at their app. And um, for a moment there, it was close when it was 21-14, and, and the yeah. Titans failed to score that touchdown, and, 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 and Dallas got the ball back, and like they didn't want to um, drive on him. But the Titans were capable of holding them and, and scored again and, and, and put it out of reach. Um Oh, man, I'm loving this. I am loving this. And it's, it's better. I don't know about you and, and, and your friends in social media and their, your timeline, but on Tuesday, I saw two things. One, go out and vote. I saw that a lot. And two, the Cowboys are bad. And this was coming from Cowboy fans. And I'm like, dude, okay, you're just figuring that out. We've yeah. the Cowboys have been bad for a while. It took for you to watch them play against the Titans to figure out their bad, shame on you. But it's just been very, very interesting because that front office in Dallas thought they didn't need the likes. Now, I understand Dez Bryant ain't the old Dez Bryant, but to lose Dez and we in the same year and to not have an answer for that is mind-boggling to me especially in a situation where this defense actually looked respectable in the first half of the season. It's the offense in spots that has looked troublesome, especially Dak and the fact that Dak Prescott, they're questioning whether or not they need to extend him after this year or not. It's entertaining, and God knows, I hope that they do, because if they do, that means I'm just going to see more of this. This is going to be Fantastic. And that means my city. I get to have my city back again, and I don't have to see those, those <laughs> wretched stars. I don't
1: understand. I don't understand Man. why there's so damn many Cowboys fans in DC and the DMV. I, that's one of the. That's I still don't. From living there for three years, before moving here to Cincinnati, Ohio, my wife's hometown, I do not mm-hmm. for the love of life of me, love me, under, for life of me understand. Why there's so many damn Cowboy fans in DMV? I still don't know why. I, I still don't know Sh- why. I never told you my theory.
0: I told I you never theory,
1: but share the theory again.
2: Okay, real quick. There are two types of fans, Dallas fans, that live in D.C. Number one, it's those, especially African Americans, who understand Redskin history and how racist uh, uh, former owner George Marshall was back in the 50s and 60s with them being the last owner to bring in African-American players onto the team. And the Cowboys is one of the first, especially with them being one of those later teams that come in, they were one of the first to bring in African-American players. So you have black fans in the D.C. area that respect them for that. Hooray, press for them. I respect them. But a lot of them are older. A lot of them are in their 60s, Mm -hmm. 70s, and 80s. But it's these right. younger fans in their 40s, their 30s, their 20s, their teens, and these babies out here. Most of them mm. are middle children. They're people <laughs> who, are, who come from bad relationships that were, were uh. with someone that was a skin fan, and they wanted attention. And the best way to get attention in this city since no one loves the since no one really loves the wizards slash bullets, Georgetown has fallen off. All other sports are really falling off in the city, and and we all know skins are king in this city. The best way to get attention is to hate on that team, and to be very vocal about it. <laughs> and it's, like I said before, it's mainly those who seek attention, and most of those are middle kids. Or people who come from bad relationships with a, a skin saying, so they do that to, to 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 get attention. Then they end up spurning babies that do the exact same thing. So that's why it happens here, and that's why it's the way that it is. It's just attention seekers. That's why I don't give it to them, or I just give them a hug because I know that's something they that's what they really want. They just really want a hug. So it, it, you know, that's, <laughs> it, it is what it is. And I understand it, so it doesn't bother me as much as it used to. But you know, uh, it is what it is.
1: Um, you heard what uh, Troy Aikman said about the Dallas Cowboys, right? He goes, he, he has a radio show. He lives in Dallas, you know, season. Uh huh. Um, and he's basically said changes need to be made starting from the top.
0: Yes, and, I did hear that. Know, yes.
1: Yeah, and then basically we all know it's obvious that Jerry's never going to fire himself so as an owner, but they, no. he needs—I mean, he's, we've been saying this about this for years, right? For years, he needs to get a, a damn general manager or or a coach who knows his stuff and not be a puppet, you know. But he's been he's been doing it his way. He wants to be the man in Dallas, and uh, uh, Jason Garrett, while he's both—he's while being some things a very good friend of Troy Aikman and mm-hmm. uh, almost a surrogate son of Jerry Jones himself. Like, Aikman heavily criticized Gary. has been doing it for the past couple of seasons, at least.
0: And yeah, has have
1: been getting it done, obviously. And, you know, no. the other thing is, is that I, I just I just don't – I just think that Jerry Jones is like, I'm going to be the man. I'm not going to have a coach like Jimmy Johnson or Bill Parcells ever again.
2: I'm going to be the things? one making the decision. I was have to say that. Go I, ahead. I'm
1: going to – Exactly. I'm gonna be the one to speak to the media before the head coach. Does. First of all, how many owners of front office people speaks to the media speaks speak to the media before the head coach? The head coach will speak to the media first. But they so thought, that's, that's that's going to show you how dysfunctional it is. Everybody mama in that locker room knows, inside and outside of the locker room knows that Jerry that that Jason Gare is not running the show, it's Jerry Jones. Or yeah. it has been. How could you as a that, player how could how could players respect that?
2: I mean, really. not at all. Because he's not he's not controlling the situation. But my question also is: How many owners have their own radio show?
0: Whether a weekly guest, exactly. I really guess, really
2: exactly. Look at the, you know, I, 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 the, the Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, bro, bro excuse me, but the no, no,
2: well-known,
1: no. successful franchises. The Patriots, the Steelers, mm-hmm. the Eagles. Hell, I even mm-hmm. threw the Ravens in there. Now, the Pac- You know, the Packers are all probably gone, but we can't count them. But, but, but the point is, is that all the message comes from the head coach first. Robert Kraft in mm-hmm. New England doesn't give a damn about the spotlight. He's already yeah. well known. But he, but he would rather have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick get the credit. And Pittsburgh, the family, they don't care about being all that. The bag back and We all know who they are and what they stand for. Um, mm-hmm. They rather have Mike Tomlin. And before him, Bill Cowher. And before him, Chuck Noll. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. speak to the media and get their shine and the players get their shine because they earn it. They deserve it. That's how owners should run their squads. Not like Jerry Jones and, and not like Jerry Jones' mentor, the late Al Davis. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's it's a trip, man. But look, I would say I feel for Dallas Cowboys fans. I went to the school with a whole lot of Cowboys fans. A lot yeah. of my closest friends are Cowboys fans. A lot mm-hmm. of them are flooding my timeline, being disgusted with their team, and rightfully so.
0: Um, yeah.
1: But at the same time, I don't feel bad for them.
0: This is funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I literally laugh at
0: Hilarious. Time. I mean
1: this is this ticket Hilarious. To and to see people like Skip Bayless just cry on national television on undisputed this morning. I mean oh. I mean yesterday morning as well. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. So
2: All right. I'll What's that. better? Skip Bayless crying or the Michael Irvin Rants? The Michael Irvin sweaty rants. Oh,
1: Oh, you know what? I couldn't take off. Between Michael Irvin and Stephen A. Smith yelling at, at each other, I, I couldn't take much <laughs> of it. So, But um, but seeing Skip Bayless grovel on national television and pout on national television and have our favorite uncle, Shannon Sharp, just laugh his <laughs> ass off at him was a thing of beauty. It is a thing uh-huh. of beauty. And to see, I don't know if you saw his – he is being skip Instagram video where he takes off he walks to his kitchen which is a fat kitchen by the way, takes off his his his, his, his i mean took off his um uh, his dead his, his um quarterback, 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 uh Dak Prescott's jersey and his okay. hat and throw both of them in the trash can and stomp off in disgust. That was funny. That was hilarious. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. uh, don't feel bad for him. It's just I so don't. funny to me.
1: I don't, I don't feel bad for any Cowboys fans. I, I really don't. All that shit they talk year after year after year, I feel zero bad for them. Zero bad. I feel no sympathy for them. I'm sorry. This is just hilarious to me. This is, I know I don't understand the Bible not to revel in people's misfortune, but damn it, I'm a human being and I'm petty. I'm laughing. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. Period. End the story. One last thing, man. Um, and we'll we're, 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 we're close show on this. This happened late in the news soccer today. Des Bryant signed with the New Orleans Saints for the rest of the season. Um, yeah. Pretty much like a seven-game seven, seven game contract, if you will. So, do you think mm-hmm. it's a good fit for Des in New Orleans, or what? do, or do you think it's like head-scratching?
2: It's not a head-scratcher, but it is a wait-and-see. The thing is, if, if he becomes a headache, they can just bench him, and then when the season's done, they'll cut him. But, right. again, he's going to be in an organization with a leader and Sean Payton, head coach, that ain't going to take mm-hmm. no mess. Well, I mean, Sean has right. allowed certain things to kind of happen under his, his thumb. Uh, let's revert back to Greg Williams, but even still, he somehow got over that. Um, yeah. But they still have Drew Brees there, leader of that offense. And if the fans don't mm-hmm. like what Des is doing, the fans will let Dez know he needs to calm his ass down. So there are a lot of checks and balances that are going to be there in New Orleans, along with mm-hmm. the fact that they can just they don't they don't need to rely on Dez in order to win because they're winning without him.
1: <laughs> Excuse me. The question right.
2: is, can they get better with Dez and be that much more dominant of a team? If, if Des can just, because we know Des ain't a speedster no more, he's not going to separate. He's going to be that great receiver, especially inside. He's going to he's going to technically be an older version of Jimmy Graham. Being that he's gone and has been gone for some time, he's going to be that huge red zone threat. He's going to be that big target in the red zone that they can always go to in, in a clutch. And, and and he will he will win jump balls. He's physical enough, and he's still talented enough to jump over you. The thing is, you know, we already know he can't outrun you. But that that'll be that'll be his his, his thing. He'll be that red zone threat. And whether if it works, watch out. If it doesn't, eh, he won't be a headache, but, but but for so long.
1: Yeah, between the coach and two, and Drew Brees, I
0: don't
1: see it happening at all. I just saw. Someone put um uh, uh, uh and beat on a poster, by the way. From Indiana. It's just a thing of beauty. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> um I totally him not to have a short attention span. Um but I you know I, I just I just don't I don't see Des Ball making much noise. He's not gonna be in the number one. That's Michael Thomas. He has to that coming in. And mm-hmm. if he needs a point of reference as to what happens if people don't know how to act, Check out um, uh, Adrian Peterson last season. Oh That's yeah, At the two, after game one. That, after that rant he gave, that that that, that tongue lashing he gave, Sean Sean Payton, his ass was demoted <laughs> and later
0: released. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and was,
1: uh, and there was there's reason really? why he's in the league now because of injuries to your beloved Redskins. That's the only yeah. reason why. But I don't think I I, I look I think there's going to be a win win for both sides eventually. I, like, ultimately, I I think that daz is about to prove some people wrong. And God bless him. And he's been working out, keeping himself in shape. So, you know, so New Orleans needs a body, so we'll see. It's, it's a mess, man, in heaven between daz and his abilities, with Drew breathe in that dome that they would be playing inside. So, um, you know, he has no excuses. It's all on Dez. So, mhm-. More power to him for keeping his head down and working hard, but we'll see how it goes. But uh, we'll see. But anyway, um, it's going to be fun. Catch you next time next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.
2: Yes, sir. And I should already be um, back from rolling oak from the CIAA championship, getting myself mentally prepared for Aggie Eagle the following weekend. I'm just a road warrior. got oh, it, yeah, bro.
1: Yeah, baby, baby. All right, you take care. you <laughs>
0: There
1: you go. There you go. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on Gleezy Radio as well as the you Sports Thanks for all things HBCU Sports. Thank y'all for tuning in. This is Scott Burks signing off. Uh, better check out the rest of this Philadelphia 76ers and any Pacer game on ESPN right now. 06. Good night.